We're going back to the 70s, and we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of The Towering Inferno, uh, which was released December 14, 1974. It was directed by John Gillerman and sort of Irwin Allen. We'll talk about that in a moment. And you said it better than I. It's a long list of people, but the big stars, Paul Newman, Steve McQueen, William Holden, Faye Dunaway, Fred Astaire, O.J. Simpson, of course, and many others. <laughs> this movie... I, I I don't like the term guilty pleasure because I don't think we should feel guilty about any movie we love. <laughs> but uh, this sort of falls into that camp a little bit for me. Uh, but I wasn't alone because it was a very, very popular movie. It won three Oscars for cinematography, editing, and original song. Uh, it was nominated for five more. Uh, and it was the biggest grossing flick of 1974. It made over $100 million on its domestic run alone. Uh, earned back 10 times its production cost. It was the longest running of the 70s disaster flicks, which was sort of a cycle at that time. Uh, I'm going to take a shot at my beloved Jaws here. But this was uh, the biggest box office hit before Jaws. Uh, And there's sort of an urban, I don't know if we call it an urban legend, but that Jaws was the first movie to break $100 million. And that's actually not true uh, because uh, The Towering Inferno did it. Jaws was the fastest one to make it to $100 million, so uh, kudos to uh, my shark. <laughs> but uh, anyway, massive success of this film. <clears throat> um, there were 60 stunt people performing more than 200 stunts. Now, 20th Century Fox refused to let Irwin Allen, Irwin Allen, the great producer and the great disaster producer especially, they refused to let him direct all of the film. Mm. Uh, so Allen directed the action sequences and John Gillerman was hired only to direct the actors for non-action sequences. So uh, it, it was kind of an interesting split of duties there. The opening credits have a dedication that says, to those who give their lives so that others might live, to the firefighters of the world. Uh, this picture is gratefully dedicated. And there were actually over 1,000 real firefighters that were hired throughout the entire production. Um, the backstory of this is pretty interesting, actually, because it was based on Two novels, one called The Tower uh, by Richard Martin Stern, and the other called The Glass Inferno by Thomas uh, Scorsia. And you can see where uh, The Tower and The Glass Inferno were melded together to create The Towering Inferno. Uh, But after the success of The Poseidon Adventure in 1972, Disaster was a very hot property. Uh, And anyway, so they acquired these rights. Uh, Warner Brothers acquired the the rights to one of the books, and... um, Fox acquired the other one. So instead of kind of going into a a battle of uh, similar movies, they decided to pool their resources together. And uh, this is one of the first, if not the first, uh, co-productions of uh, two big studios. Um, The novels actually were inspired by the construction of the World Trade Center in the early 70s uh, and what could happen if a fire was in a skyscraper. So that's you know, a little bit sad in terms of the origin of what we all know happened, but uh, uh, still interesting. And it was the first, like I said, joint production, Warner Brothers and 20th Century Fox. Joe, you mentioned the cast of For a Moment, and it kind of really puts the stamp on the success and the popularity of those disaster films of the 70s. You mentioned the Poseidon Adventure. There was <laughs> airport and such. But, I mean, when you're putting a movie together, 
When you got A-liners of McQueen and Newman and Holden and Faye Dunaway, and you could go on and on, that tells you that these actors and actresses, they wanted to be part of this era of these disaster films. Well, they definitely did, but you know, not without their top billing or top salary because there was a lot of skirmishes behind the scene with agents and stuff. Um, Steve McQueen's primary concern uh, when he was uh, filming was that his helmet made him look like an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was consternation in the Steve McQueen camp when they discovered that Paul Newman had 12 more lines of dialogue than he did. Uh, and, and probably more famously as the credits, that they couldn't decide who would get top billing, Paul Newman or Steve McQueen. So they're actually staggered in the opening credits, meaning that on you know one of the names is higher than the other and one is to the left. So it depends if you read it top to bottom, uh, one of the person what, that person is the top billing. If you read it left to right, that person is the top billing. Uh, and uh, that was uh, called first place above and below <laughs> in the in the movie industry, and that kind of started that. Um, both Paul Newman and Steve McQueen were paid the same a uh, million dollars and ten percent of the box office. Now, what's interesting is that William Holden wanted top billing, but his his move, his career was you know not at the top of his game. Uh, so what he settled for was um, more percentages of the of the profits, and so he ended up making the most of anybody uh, because of that. There was some fun uh, you know possible casting. Steve McQueen suggested that Clint Eastwood, Jack Nicholson, or Robert Redford be his co-lead instead of Paul Newman. Um, for the the role that went to Faye Dunaway, uh, names that were considered were Catherine Ross, Raquel Welch, and Natalie Wood. <clears throat> Charlton Heston, Sean Connery, Rod Taylor were also considered for the role of the fire chief. So even though we do get a almost literal who's who of Hollywood stars, um, you know, there were still a lot of big names sort of left on the cutting room if you're, or not cutting room because they never shot, but, uh, uh, you know, that were considered for roles. Fred Astaire, this was his first Oscar nomination, and it's not a musical. So it's, uh, you know, kind of interesting the way that worked out for him. The Towering Inferno, one of the top films of 1974, uh, one of the highest grossing films, as Joe mentioned, very popular. And that blueprint, Joe, and, and you talked about it, Poseidon Adventure Airport, Towering Inferno, getting a lot of stars, disaster. You could take the Towering Inferno and put it underwater, right? And you'd have the Poseidon Adventure. Exactly. Let me let me just share something with you. Is a you know we last summer we had the Barbenheimer phenomenon where we had Barbie and Oppenheimer sort of being uh, shown together or screened together. Well, the Towering Inferno and Earthquake, which was also in 1974, uh, were released only a month apart in 1974. So some theaters showed both movies as a double feature and promoted it as the shake-and-bake double feature. <laughs> That's a great way to end.